Hey, this is Dan St. Germain. Hello, Forbidden Dorks. Uh, anyone in the Dallas area, I'll be at Dallas Comedy Club March 1st and 2nd. Two shows, uh, Friday, March 1st at 7.30, uh, Friday, March 1st at 9.30, Saturday, March 2nd at 7.30, and Saturday, March 2nd at 9.30. You can get the tickets on dallascomedyclub.com or on my website. It should be a great show. And uh, my new special, Dance Fatty Dance, comes out on March 12th. So see you then, folks. Some babies and hugging fat girls. You are a sniveling little suck up sellout full of suffering suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. with me that's right killing look at me i'm a total package i will rip him apart i'm pissed now where to stephanie wrestle roasts on ad free shows and atc welcome everyone to wrestle roasts i'm your host robert carpolis and i am joined as always in crystal clear hd audio by scott chaplin scott how are you man i'm good how are you I'm doing great, and we are joined by, you can't see it because this is audio, but he's got a really nice collared shirt on today. Dan St. Germain is here. Um, Hello, hello. Good to be back on WrestleRoasts on this road to WrestleMania. The road to WrestleMania, guys. We got a ton of shit to talk about today. We're going to preview the Elimination Chamber for this Saturday. We're going to talk about The Rock announcing he's a producer of a new movie. We'll get into that. We're going to talk Dynamite or Dud, some of the breaking news coming out of there. Uh, but we're going to start with the world of Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, we've we've said on here that the Vince news of late, we haven't had a lot of late breaking stuff come out, but there's been some some rumblings going on. And and Dan, who's our, our resident crime podcast aficionado, <laughs> uh, what uh, what are what are you seeing here, man? Well, you know, this is a this is all allegedly. I mean, like you have to have all rumor and innuendo. We're all rumor and innuendo, right? But um, you know, so uh, I have. There's been rumblings, you know, that the some of the Ring Boy stuff has been coming back out. There was a new Ring Boy who, you know, accused a lot of the people at the time um, of grooming. He was just on um, the podcast of the, and I forget the brother of one of the ring boys who ended up killing himself later on. Um, you know, so I say, I I give that because it's like you, that, that person does, you know, that person blames WWE for his brother's, you know, death. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's not a, I mean, like, you know, like I, I heard the guy's interview and it's not, you know, it's a compelling story. It doesn't sound uh, particularly made up, you know. Um, 
So, uh, you know, I, 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 if that, you know, if that comes out, I think it's going to be a really bad look for the company. You know, this, this was kind of like this was if you don't really know anything about the Ring Boy scandal, it happened right as the um, right as the uh, steroid scandal was happening. And the, and the government kind of focused on the steroid scandal and they didn't look at the Ring Boy scandal. Um and, the, and you know, there's a lot of culpability there. There's it's, so it's, what, it's, it's what a I'll dark say story. to that, guys, is if you haven't, we've recommended this book before, and and uh the, the author is a friend of the show. Uh it's called Ringmaster. It's written by Abraham uh Reisman, who now goes by Josie Reisman. In the in the book, they break down the the ring boy scandal. They, they Did he interviewed... change his name because Vince was trying to kill him? <laughs> uh, no, no, he uh, he transitioned. Uh, oh God damn it, Robert! <laughs> <laughs> we're a very hey, we're a very trans friend. We've had several trans oh, guests yeah, on the show. Yeah, we are that. allies that's a great name. Or, or Josie's, the, Josie's the hottest lady's name. Yes, it's oh, all the pussycats. Yeah. That was the best one. Um, oh, but yeah, the the book breaks down like because there's a lot of weird shit about going to a talk show where and they have and they, they have the kid like they send miss elizabeth to take the kid to the talk show because he was a miss elizabeth fan to get him sympathetic to the cause the thing about the ring boy scandal though is it's not directly vince it's like vince doing no, it's, his, it's mel phillips it's terry garvin it's him doing his cover-up shit it's snooker with the suitcase tom of money. Cole, and tom Cole is the original you know ring boy who went who went uh, public with the story of abuse in 1992 following an incident, I guess, at, at, at Garvin's residence. Um, you know, I mean, there's definitely, you know, Vin, Vince did admit, I guess, that his relationship, you know, with children, and he's talking about Phillips, seemed peculiar and unnatural, uh, but they did rehire him. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, Lee Cole, who's Tom Cole's brother, Tom Cole died by suicide in, in 2021. He has a podcast where he's he's talking to he's talking to somebody who's who's new. Um, uh, the, the, all he has is the, is the name. His name is Sean. Uh, and he talks about, you know, the story. But it doesn't, you know, to give you an idea, it doesn't. It, it feels, you know, like like the way they're describing it, you know, it's like I, I read the Penn State book and it's it feels like. You know, one of the like, you know, similar to how Sandusky would would groom a lot of their victims. Now, you know, this is obviously, uh, I, as I said before, I think a lot. Yeah, of Dan, Dan, let me uh, borrow that book, and uh, the pages were stuck together. I couldn't <laughs> even read it. Couldn't read a damn I, thing. Damn uh, <laughs> I knew a joke was coming because there's no way Scott was going to read a book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. It's a, it's a brutal story, man. If it's true, you know, and, and I have no reason to, I, I think some of the stuff can be uh, construed as true. I think a lot of it got messed up because, you know, there was so much homophobia at the time that like, you know, they connected homosexuality with pedophilia. And I think that that's why some of it went away because there was some overblown exaggerations with that. But, you know, there can be fucking straight child predators and, and gay child predators, right? It's it's not like, it's not, um, it's not, you know, that's its own thing. That's not uh, sexual orientation. That's a I psychological. Mean, it's not as overt as what you had with like Jake Roberts' dad. Like where he no. was just showing up at shows with like 13-year-old girls. Like he's riding in the cars with them. 
and everyone's just like, yeah, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna not only keep him around, we're gonna hire him in WCW as a backstage producer. It's it's all not that any of it's excusable, but it's just sort of per, it was pervasive in wrestling at the time. I think the Vince stuff in the allegations right now is the first time you're getting these sort of firsthand accounts of what he personally did. You know, the Rita chatters, chatters and stuff was so chatterly, whatever it was, was very, it was a long time ago. You didn't have that sort of spotlight on it. Now the, you know, the Ashley Massaro piece is coming out, but that's not her family accusing. The Ashley Massaro one. And that, that one's been so bizarre because there's yes. just so many different elements of it where, you know, the lawyer came out and said that she was assaulted by this uh, army doctor, um, raped by this army doctor. And then she came out and denounced the lawyer and said, you know, the lawyer doesn't speak on her behalf. But, you know, then her friend just came out and and basically supported the lawyer's story. Now Ashley's daughter just came out and said that the story is true, but this friend does not speak for the family. And this is the problem when somebody's deceased, you know, it it, it it's really like, I don't think we're ever going to find out what really happened there. Um, because it's been it you know it, it, it right now Ashley's gone and um we're just kind of hearing secondhand accounts of people who talk to Ashley and some of those people aren't necessarily on the same page I mean the one thing that she's never come out and didn't said the story wasn't true I don't believe but she said that you know uh the lawyer wasn't speaking on her behalf but it's a it's a messy story it's a terrible story if it's true uh but I don't think we're ever going to really find out like what really happened just well, because of the, the different, you, you know, could, but the only way it would happen is if WWE said, look, we've gone into our archives. Here's the report that she gave HR. Here's the detailed account. Here's what was covered up. We're atoning for this. Now we're, we're paying well, the, the thing, family what, or whatever. If what they choose to, to say, do that. What, what I was about to say, Robert is the one thing we do know is they denied that there was a meeting about it. Now, Johnny Ace to get in front of it, it seems like before this trial has said, yes, he was informed um, that this was uh, that this was an issue. I mean, yeah. all this stuff is before TKO came over. So like it's 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 there's so many different layers to this uh, and so many different people that are, you know, like even the ring boy scandal, you know, the people that I mentioned, they're the primary people involved in it are all dead. So it's 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 going to be really hard to find the truth in in any of these situations. This is on Vince for not having the decency to have died like 15 years ago. So maybe there's a reason a lot of these these other wrestlers took early exits. The people who are grappling with it right now this week uh, are the WWE superstars who are going over to Australia for Elimination Chamber uh, and John Cena, who's doing press for his new movie. And Orton and Cena are sort of two sides of that coin because they were both minted by Vince McMahon. When Vince in the in the early 2000s was like, I'm going to be the kingmaker and I'm going to make guys, he picked three guys. He picked Randy Orton, he picked John Cena, he picked Dave Batista, and said, you are going to be the three faces of my company. So they definitely owe a debt of gratitude to him from a creative end. But they both had to talk about it in different ways. So Orton's quote was, I wouldn't be where I am without Vince McMahon taking a chance on me a handful of times. Uh, I would not be where I am today without Vince McMahon. But fuck, I'm reading this shit. What you've seen and read, I've seen and read. As far as commenting on that, it fucking hurts my heart. So 
that's a human response. That's a guy who saw Vince as a, a father figure, a guy who made him, took him from a guy who went AWOL from the Marines and was probably never going to have a job to global superstar with money and a family and a thriving life. But at the same time, he's human and he reads this. Uh, Cena was on Howard Stern and you know he said, you know, right now, I'm going to love the person I love. Uh, I'm going to be their friend. I'm going to tell you, I love you. You have a hill to climb. Um, you know, you don't know who your friends are until shit hits the fan uh, or lands on a legal intern uh, and your back is he didn't say that part, or your back lands against the wall. Um, I've openly said I love the guy. I have great relationship with him. And that's that. So John, always the politician, Orton, a little bit more human. What did you guys think of those those responses? I, I I like Orton's response enough, right? Because exactly how you said it, it's just human uh, to just sit there and sort of sigh and go, shit, wow. Because you can't deny that someone was important to you if that's your life and that person was important to you. Uh, but you do have to sit back and and go and reassess it. Uh, the Cena thing, I liked what Howard Stern said, where Howard Stern talked about how he's been in situations with people where they were his friends. I mean, I think Harvey Weinstein was Howard Stern's friend, right? Am I yeah. wrong on that? And so he said, sometimes there's a line and you go, I can't cross it, um, which is the right move. And yeah, John Cena is gonna John Cena. I think unfortunately, like in truth, uh, you know, these weren't like press releases, but if if you have to sit there and really think about it, you do have to acknowledge the victim in some way. If you want like everybody to go, oh, okay, good job on actually understanding the situation, you have you have to at some point go like my heart go like I understand this still does have to go through a court of law or whatever, but my heart does go out to this person claiming this because you know, shit. Oh, yeah, I mean, it seems like the, true or false, the life don't seem great right now, you know, and so you yeah, can at least acknowledge it. Even if 50% of it's true, right? I mean, she exactly. went through hell. Exactly. Um, and it's, it, you know, look, I can't, like, I think people are making too big of a deal out about what, what John Cena and what Randy Orton said. They're not the ones who were involved in this. That's, you know, this is Vince's sin. No, this is Johnny Ace's sin. Yeah, this is not. You know, like, like they're not like somebody saying the wrong thing is not the same thing as is what you know. So, like, make sure the onus is on Vince on this. You know, um, but I, I agree with Scott. I mean, I think that you know there is a line, I guess, um, with uh, you know, if if Howard, you know, obviously if Howard's friends with you know, there's a difference between. Like we all say, you know, there's a difference between what Harvey Weinstein did and what fucking Louis C.K. did. Right. You know, like there's so like there's like di there's different levels of, you know, like what you can sign off on. But like what Vince did or what Vince is being accused of doing is much more on the Jimmy Savile, Harvey Weinstein side of things. You know, it's much more on the this is a serial predator. And I mean, <sighs> It's all allegedly, and you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm somebody who has an avid interest in this company doing well. But you can't, you can't look at Vince's behavior the last thirty or forty years 
you know, and everything he's done and all the interviews he's given and think to yourself that this guy isn't capable of something like this. You know, this is not like, we're not like debating the, you know, and the Enzo story, right. Where it's like two people We're Vince, we have a body of evidence um, of his uh, involvement. We have so much smoke with, uh, you know, Vince McMahon uh, over the past, you know, decades and decades and decades. Uh, and, I mean, I, I there's there's been a clip that's just been kind of floating around the internet. I don't I sent it to you guys on the wrestle thread, but you know he's being questioned by some of the, you know the deaths in his company, and he slaps the guy's papers out of, of his course. hand, and he starts he starts mimicking you know the guy's voice like this is somebody who, you know his first response to anything is not a human response. It's how can I get ahead of this? How can I crush this? You know, he said he's he's kind of been, you know, it's it's not even been like a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's just been a wolf, you know, and we've (laughs) seen it the whole he's been just walking around acting like a wolf the whole time. And we're like, oh, no, he's just pretending to be a wolf. But then now we're looking at like, wait, there's a dead old lady. And it's like he's doing wolf shit. You leave Linda alone. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's like I it, it's very hard. You always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? It's very hard with the body of evidence we've had about Vince, with 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 everything from the Snooka trial to the Rita Chatterton. We're just talking about this ring boy, you know, even you know, he wasn't a part of that, but he certainly kind of, you know, rehired the guy and he and he and he and he pushed it under the rug. We have so much evidence, you know, how he handled the Owen situation. Uh, how he handled Benoit. We have so much evidence of this guy making the wrong decision at every possible turn that I don't know if he gets the benefit of the doubt the same way that a normal person would get the benefit of the doubt. So you know, I think I the, the other side of it, and this is this is the lawyer side. This is the, I remember in law school, we would talk about if Ben Laden were to be captured, well, it was before he was actually you know, caught, there's a small part of you that would be like as much of a monster as he is, it would be interesting to try to craft the defense for him. Um, I, I had a friend that interned at the Hague during the Milosevic trial and he talked to Milosevic's attorney and was like, everybody does deserve a defense. That's, that's the, the basis of the legal system. John Cena has to hedge his bets and Randy Orton has to hedge his bets because Vince has not provided his response. His attorney has not come out and said, Okay, this is the part of the story she told. Here's my part of the story. And maybe, and it's maybe like a 1% chance they have some smoking gun that's going to be like, here's all the other stuff to refute this. This was 100% consensual, whatever. So you can't totally bury him yet. And that's where these guys are walking that tightrope of Orton's like, look, I read the shit. If this is true, what the fuck? John is more diplomatic and the same thing. The problem is, is when you have hiring and firing power over someone, you shouldn't be having a relationship with them. You know, like it's it's a quid pro quo situation. Yeah, this isn't two co-workers. This is somebody who's above somebody else. And you can't you can't have that. I mean, look, and we've seen it. We, we've seen situations like the guy from CNN. Um, Jeff, what is it? Jeff Zucker. Yeah. Uh, he you know, 
he he got he got removed because he was having a sexual relationship with somebody who was under him and by all by all appearances it was completely consensual right you know it was just that this was an affair the but two that's people but had. the difference but but with but Zucker, like even, even with then, Vince, that's why they got rid of him it's because he ha- he was he was above this person but so Vince got so- let go the thing is Vince got let go because he was taking company funds to pay this woman NDA hush money. That was what the investigation that they concluded resulted in, that he was having this this affair. The affair itself was not the underlying reason for him being removed. It was misappropriation of, of money. So that was not what the ultimate this this current lawsuit is is alleging. This is going a totally different direction than what we initially thought in terms of whether or not this was consensual or non-consensual, if there was sexual trafficking, all that other stuff. I don't disagree with you that a, a boss who's engaging in a relationship with a subordinate where there's an unequal balance of power is wrong. It violates company policies across the board. It opens you up to a tremendous amount of lawsuits. That was not the basis of the lawsuit here. This this was not a, a, a boss-subordinate relationship. She's alleging that there was non-consensual acts that she was forced into for a prolonged period of time, and she was fearful not just of losing her job, but of him saying, I have all this control and power, and I can ruin your life. Her allegations, again, we're not, we have not seen the other, the other piece of this yet. As an attorney, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. As someone who who worked for Vince, who who was excited to be a part of that company, it fucking sucks. It's it's gross. It's weird. I can totally see Vince doing the Russell Simmons thing of just like growing a beard and going to Thailand. So like we just see like you know these visions of like these photos of like Boo Radley Vince in a third world country. We've seen know? how oh, Vince think, grows a I mustache. Think it was part of his vision board as a child. <laughs> this is all part of the plan. He is so excited to to stab someone mid-flight and take over the plane and land on an island he's he's known about since he was 19. Well, that's it was a friend of mine who isn't you know, he's a casual wrestling fan. He went to like WrestleMania, but he's not, you know, he's not like a he's not like us. And he's like, "Wow, Vince must be freaking no, he's out." He's not sick. Yeah. yeah, he's not sick. He's like, "Wow, Vince might be freak must be freaking out right now." And I'm like, "No, he's not." Like this is like and that's what I realized about Vince. like Vince is you can't talk about Vince like a normal person. Like what Vince is thinking of right now is either one, how can I get out of this? Or two, how can I crush everybody? You know, like those are the two things that go on in his head. You're not and- thinking of the third option, Dan, because this is how fucked up this world is. I see a situation where Vince just takes his money, moves to Riyadh and lives with like the Saudi royal family in a palace somewhere and lives the rest of his days essentially as a king. He's friends with those guys. They think he's like the greatest thing ever. You think they're going to be upset about the allegations here? They'd be like, oh, our nephew does this weekly. Like we have people that we just shit on for fun. I mean, that's very possible. I, I'm I'm honestly shocked it hasn't happened yet. I'm shocked a lot of stuff hasn't happened yet. We haven't heard from Linda. You haven't heard from the Bella's mom. Like I'm saying, like she has haven't heard from Ace. Linda. Oh no, Linda! That's that's what the family's saying. <laughs> no, Linda's forgot they locked her in the basement. We did hear from Linda right after it happened. She was at like some Republican conference and they tried to ask her about it and she just goes you know i'm here to focus on the conference you know like they've had a they have not had a marriage in a long time which is 
why I think Rachel Roberts' wife must be paranoid right now, because I think it's only a matter of time before Linda and Robert finally get together. That is, that's blasphemous. That's ridiculous. And once we're done, I have to go put sunscreen on her. Uh, it's also <laughs> weird. Like, where the fuck is Shane? For the dude who supposedly like had a falling out and hated his dad, this is the chance to dunk on him. Well, there's also, and, and when something like this happens, there was rumors that that's, you know, one of the reasons that Shane stepped away, right? But I'm not, but you don't know if that's really true or if that's Shane's people dropping a story. You know, a lot, a lot of this is going to be, you know, it's it's hillbilly secession, man. Like they're 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 going to be everybody's going to be dropping different stories, uh, that where that story is going to make that person look good. So it's, you know, it, it's it's fascinating that we're seeing, you know, this WrestleMania is the first WrestleMania without a McMahon fin uh, fingerprint on it, which, you know, that's maybe a poor choice of words, but um, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, what, what, uh, what a company TKO is, is going to do with this product. And we're seeing two things happen at the same time, which we're seeing really this product is hotter. And maybe this is the transition of, you know, actually talking about kayfabe wrestling stuff. This is the hottest the product has ever been since the attitude era. It's not even particularly close. Like we've had times where, you know, CM Punk, we've had times with, you know, the Cena rock stuff where it's starting at a like, oh, maybe it's going to get hot again. But, you know, television ratings are through the roof. House show ratings, like they're selling out house shows now or filling up house shows. I mean, it's 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 really incredible the business that they're doing. It, so it's it's really fascinating to see two things happen to this company at the same time, which is, you know, like if this was almost any other company, you know, I, I don't know if they could have survived this, but they're surviving and flourishing on they're the same. Thriving. They're thriving. And I think it's, you know, a lot of it's because it is a different company. You know, Vince isn't there anymore. Um, but it's also, it's, it's, it's really a fascinating thing to watch these two things happen at the same time where it's, where it's a, a product that's on fire. And, and we all say like, you know, like, I mean, I watched the raw this past Monday. It was, it was great. I mean, the product hasn't been this good in forever and all the skeletons from the Vince era are coming out. It's a really unique time to be a wrestling fan because the product confusing time in a lot of the, ways. Yeah. But we all kind of knew the product was, was suffering because of Vince McMahon and because of Kevin Dunn. And the hope is once Vince was gone and Kevin Dunn was gone, everything was going to be better. So Vince is gone. Kevin Dunn is gone and raw Monday night. And I'll talk just on the production end. They were, they did camera shots and angles and techniques that you never would have gotten in the Kevin Dunn era. And even stuff that feels like a throwaway match or segment, they shoot and present in a really interesting way. They did like a shot from outside the building through a corridor into the arena. Look fantastic. They did the goofy telestrator thing with Pat McAfee. Whether that worked or not, different story. But you tried now, something. Now, wait, telestrator, that's when you draw the circle around you draw the, on the circle. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that for a it, second. Yeah, but, I was talking about it, but it was, it, my point is, it was goofy, but people had opinions about it. But hey, we tried something different. What did you, what did you think of the Pat McAfee telestrator yeah, thing? Because I saw that moment. I didn't see anybody's take on it online. But I'm like, that's a really good idea for... Um, an impactful moment that's insane. They did it in terms of like, look at his facial expression. Oh no, and now now look, he's really angry. Where what could have been cool came off like funny. It was almost like um like an SNL sketch kind yes. of. 
And I, I, again, I love the idea. It's just like, do it for something when like a body hits the floor and bounces, you know, go like, look at his body bounce off the floor and you circle it, like do it for something crazy. Not, um, not the acting part of wrestling. Cause then you're just like, you're doing play by play of a soap opera and it's like, it's, it's cheesy. Yeah. So a couple big, uh matches moments from from raw that i'll touch on uh there was drew mcintyre versus cody rhodes where the bloodline attacked cody to help drew win it was cody's first loss since last year's wrestlemania there was a women's battle royal to oh, singles loss. Singles loss. first singles loss thank you Meltzer. uh there was a women's battle royal to determine the last entrant in the chamber which is raquel rodriguez uh and then in the main event Gunther beat Jey Uso because Dan has been right all along, guys, that we're getting Jay and Jimmy at Mania. Um, overall, Never doubt me. really fun show, really strong three hours of TV. couple things you can comment on all that. The other thing we saw on here. And also, hey, if you want the in-depth analysis, join our Patreon. Join the Patreon for something to sports entertainment with. Um, this was the first Raw that you really got a lot of UFC stuff. Uh, Michael Chandler cut a promo. Uh, you you had the the synergy at the Netflix people behind Pat. So you're really seeing TKO flex their muscles. Dan, I'll start with you. What did you think of, uh, of Raw, these matches, your big takeaway? My big takeaway is Drew McIntyre's the best character they have right now. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the whole image of Drew finally, because this was the ultimate, this was the cherry on the top of the Drew heel turn, right? Where he saw what was we, we saw he saw what happened to him at Clash of the Castle, and he didn't care. He he still used it for uh, for a pinfall. Um, so I thought that that was excellent. I mean, I think that Jay Uso and 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 Gunther was really good. Um, yeah, I just thought the the match itself kind of. I mean, the the night itself was kind of firing off on all cylinders, and then they were smart to have a strong show and the show did really well in the ratings because, you know, SmackDown was such a huge show. So how do you capitalize on that? Well, you, you do matches that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't do a bull rope Nakamura match again. We, we, we you do something that we haven't seen before. Uh, so I thought that the, I, I thought that the show was kind of like a home run. I mean, I, I like the R-Truth stuff. Meltzer did not, you know, he thought it was silly. He hates fun. Fuck. How do you, how could you watch the R-Truth stuff and not like that? Like, what was his I, argument? It was it's a funny segment, and it pay. It's going to pay. You're just saying it was cheesy, but that's was, the point. It's at the point he's supposed. You're supposed to be endeared to our truth, find him lovable. So when Priest murders him, you want to see something bad happen to Damian Priest. It's yeah. not like the old twenty four seven stuff where our truth runs out, does something wacky, and then it just doesn't matter. Like everything here, it feels like it matters. It doesn't feel like just shit's happening for the sake of happening. It's like Hunter is doing things with intention. Rhea is for sure a star. That's what I got from yeah. that sit down. Nia Jax is still not one. <laughs> nope. Uh, like that's, I mean, it's, it's just so when she said, I'm twice your size and three times your talent, uh, you could almost hear like the collective shaking uh, of the crowd's head, like three times your talent. What are you fucking talking about? Like you, you can't get through a match without botching. And every single promo you do is horrendous. Um, you know, it, it got like, you know, you just see how they, um, uh, and, and they didn't even do anything great, but just how they positioned the women, you know, for the elimination chamber versus how 
you know, Tony positions Tony Storm and Deanna Parazzo on Dynamite, you know, just how you show how you showcase them. I mean, it's just night night and day. Uh, and now we're going to get, again, another stripped down four, four match pay-per-view that the build has been great, but it's also we're still keeping the WrestleMania build. And, you know, Hunter's done, you know, like we gave him rightful shit on the press conference because it was not a good answer. Yeah. But as far as like how the product has been handled, I mean, I would argue to say that it's, it's in a lot of ways better than the Attitude Era. They don't have Austin. They don't have Heel Rock. But they also don't have, you know, Al Snow cooking pepper, right? They don't have these things that were like, or or like, you know, 10 heel and face turns on the same show because Vince Russo is writing it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that is, I, I, I'd, I'd wager to say this is, there's an argument for this being the best written wrestling product of all time. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too kind, but you know, everything, everything kind of makes sense. There's not even the stuff that's bad. You're kind of like, well, you know, that's not as bad as it could be. Like it's, it's not Heidenreich yeah. raping fucking Michael Cole backstage or something like that. You know? No, it makes sense. And the in-ring product is strong. You're not getting just two minute matches. The Drew Cody match. I enjoyed the hell out of that. I, I know Scott has, I think a different take on it, but I liked it because we pretty much know Cody's winning the title at Mania, which means he's going to be on SmackDown, which means this is the one opportunity you have to do a Drew Cody one-on-one babyface heel match this year. Drew's going to pivot to wherever he's going after Chamber. So you wanted this bite of the apple. I thought it was a really fun match, Scott, but I know in the thread you you had a different take on this one. Well, I'm, I mean... I'm glad the match happened. I, I think like storyline wise, it makes all of the sense for the reasons you said. And because I think Drew is walking away at Mania with the title and to have that over Cody is really cool. So I agree with all of that. And I think the result was actually perfect. The way Cody lost, the fact that it was a very, you know, that exact moment uh, from last year's WrestleMania, you know, blah, blah, blah. All very, very great. I like all of that. It's just the match itself wasn't good you know like it was just fine enough i even felt like the crowd wasn't even crazy about it like i thought they were like oh this is cool but um yeah i just feel like most of especially wwe's television show matches lately the great part is the endings are interesting and you go oh i can't wait for the for the rest of the storyline but the matches yeah it it didn't really pop for me you know did it pop for you dan I thought it was I thought it was a solid match. I mean, we've never on the show, you know, we've never you know, we've never thought that Cody is the best in-ring performer. He kind of rises to whoever, you know, like look at Cody's great matches. It's been with I mean, it's been with Sammy Guevara, who's very good in ring, you know, when he's not destroying people's faces. It's been with Roman who, you know, like I know you think I know you think like the Roman matches are limited, but what he can do in the ring, I mean, he, he could, he's, he's an athlete, you know, he can, he can tell a good story. <clears throat> Cody's always going to be as good as who they're going at to me. And I think Drew's great, but I, I just think that there's, you know, I think that because they both came up in the WWE system, there's just not going to be the sparkle on them. I mean, I know, I know they both work the Indies quite a bit, but there's just not that, you know, extra level of, uh, of this is different 
So I, I, I think I probably am somewhere in between you and Robert on this. And, and I guess what I mean is like, I wouldn't have cared because again, this is like typical of WWE, but this match did feel really special because Drew is so hot right now. And I mean, these are the right. two hottest guys in the company. If you, if you're watching the shows and so then to just have this match, it's like, yeah, I, I even understand having it, but like, damn, it better be fire, you know? And I, yeah. I feel like even the Shinsuke match, which I didn't even give a shit about, was like somehow better than this, you know? So that's all I'm well, saying. I mean, Shinsuke, the problem with Shinsuke is he, like, he doesn't want to get hurt. <laughs> you know, you can see him, you can see how he wrestles versus how he wrestles in Japan. I mean, you know, his, his big thing is I want to make it, which, you know, all, all for him, but I mean, there's, there's, Different philosophies, man. I mean, that's why, like, you know, as a character, I don't think Seth Rollins is revolutionary, but his in-ring style, like, in the sense that he was able to come of, like, really use Ring of Honor and meld it with WWE in a way that we really haven't seen before. I guess AJ kind of did that, too. Um, But there's not many guys who can do that, man. There's not many guys who can fuse those two styles and make it, you know, a product that's that's that what I mean, Seth's one of those. Kevin is one of those guys. I think I think no, Gunther, most, Gunther has shown. I mean, his style. He took well, the he's, European he's a, he's style, a different, but he's, he's like a catch fused, British style. Yeah, but he's fused that catch British style into the WWE spectacle, and yeah. it makes his matches unique and different, but still feels like it's it's WWE. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep this moving along because we're gonna talk the Elimination Chamber preview. Unless you're in Germany, in which case it's called No Escape because they're they're very sensitive there in the country that murdered my family. Uh, but we're going to talk the Elimination I've been, Chamber. By the way, I've been reading uh, this book, Rise of the Third Reich, and uh, man, that Hitler, uh, not a great guy. I don't know, Dan. We haven't, not another facts have come out yet. John Cena has said <laughs> that, uh, you know, you got to stand by your friends. This guy was a hell of a painter. But uh, we'll we'll get there. I've actually I just finished the part where it's like, it's it, the whole chapter was just ba- how bad Nazi art was during that time, and it's all because like Hitler hated Chagall and all these people that he couldn't like, you know, because he wasn't as good as them. Um, so it was like, yeah, it, it was, and, and even Nazi like, there's terrible Nazi playwrights. Like, it turns out a totalitarian regime does not create the best art, guys. Yeah. Um, we'll get to dynamite later. But uh, anyway, Elimination <laughs> Chamber, uh, four match card, five segment show, because there's the uh, the Grayson Waller effect with with Seth and Cody, which is at least smart to get those guys on there. Uh, first match is the undisputed tag title match, the Judgment Day against the new Catch Republic, Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Um, I'll just take this one first. I think it's going to be a great match. I think Dunn and Bate are, are a really good team. Pete Dunn no longer being Butch is able to show what he can do. Those guys with Finn are going to have a hell of a lot of fun. Priest will, will get his moments in there. I don't see them taking the titles off Judgment Day because I think the money is those guys against Awesome Truth. Dan, what do you think of this match? I agree with everything you just said. You know, it's interesting to see, you know, like, because you'd think like Io Shirai, she had so many great NXT matches like that we've seen everything she can do, right? But then we look at these clips from stardom where she's doing stuff that I've never fucking even seen before. Um, so I wonder, I, I wonder how much they hold people back as far as like what they could do in the ring. Um, because, you know, obviously with those two guys, Pete Dunn and, and Tyler Bate, I mean, they could just, they could, you know, they're just like expert level wrestlers, you know. Um, They've or done a great awful. job on SmackDown of... Um... 
of showing it. I, I've been crazy yeah. about their matches on, on SmackDown. Imagine the so DIY good. crowd was into, and the crowd hasn't given a shit about DIY since they've been back. Yo, the DIY thing is funny because obviously I love those guys. I think they're great. I'm like a huge fan of that time in NXT. Uh, but when R Truth made the joke where he like called them, uh, he called Colin. them like HBK and Triple H. It R Truth is so funny, but I hated that because no one like cares about them right now, and so <laughs> fucking up their names felt like when John Cena insults. Uh, claudio's nipples or something you're like too true too true yeah but you got that set that moment on raw during the eight-man tag where miz and d and diy and truth did the dx like suck it chant and the crowd popped so yeah they're kind of taking that ride a little bit uh scott well, yeah, I, think... I enjoy cesaro's nipples okay that sounds about I think, right i think they're uh, interesting they, they look like Scott's holding up his red coffee mug. Like the lid of it is just this wide red thing. It looks like Cesaro's nipples. It's fucking disturbing. Scott, I'm guessing you have Judgment Day retaining as well. Yeah, I do. And then I would guess like at Mania, they defend the titles and Damien gets hurt because he's got the money in the bank briefcase, right? He's yes. got a, I understand he's being a respectable guy, but night two, in theory, he should be showing up unless he's injured. And so, Make it a, you know, fuck it. Throw a few tag teams in there. Make it a TLC match, and then he falls off something. Who so cares? I think they're going to do Awesome Truth against Judgment Day. To, but I think what would be funny is if you have R-Truth steal the briefcase, and that's why Priest can't cash in. Dude, that's it. Call like, him up. All right. Uh, This whole card, I'll be honest, I don't think there's going to be any differences in who we pick on all of them, which is fine, because that's the sign of good booking. Like, it's logical, and it also makes the storylines good, and you want to see it pay off. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, it's a chance for Rhea to be the babyface in Australia against someone that everybody hates. I don't see Rhea Ripley losing. I'm hoping she doesn't get hurt. Scott, what's your thought? Yeah, Rhea wins. I, that is funny, though, this this wild fear that, and it's not wild, it's almost it's rational not. that she could get hurt. And I think that should be the entire story of the match is, oh, my God. She might actually get hurt, and and one where where do you know they're both from there? Naya was born there. Really? Yeah, look it up on Wikipedia. She was born in Australia. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know how long she grew up there, but she was born there. Um, and but yeah, that that needs to be the story of the match. I mean, that needs to be Naya's character. Is like, uh oh, she might ruin the feud, the future feuds we want for this person that we we're actually going to be invested in. And also, the way you're reading this match card is how I think the card should go. It This shit starts at like 4.30 in the morning. I, I know you're thinking, oh, Rhea, you close out the show with Rhea. I don't know, man. I think match. close out with the two I... chambers. Treat this like boxing now, dude. You have ties with the UFC. Do it right. The last two matches are the chamber. Well, it's, it takes a lot to set the chamber up, so I get it. Um Women's Chamber, Becky Lynch. Yeah, but again, because it's 4.30 in the morning, you like have a half hour of setting up the chamber while you're just bullshitting and waiting for America to wake up. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. There's no way it's not Becky, right? I don't know how it could be anyone unless they want to call an audible and have it be Bianca, but I think they're going to save that for next year's Mania. Yeah, they've already teased we've never seen Becky and Rhea one-on-one. That's a strong night one main event if they yeah, want to go down. It was in the press conference. There's no way. This isn't a Vince show where, like, 
if it was Vince, we'd be like, maybe there is a chance Nia Jax goes over and they make it like some triple threat or something we really don't want. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the right decisions are going to be made on this show. And I think you can put Bianca and Naomi together to go after the tag, the women's tag titles. You could put Raquel and Lib together to go after the women's tag titles at Mania. Like they have what to do. You really only have one option with, uh, with Becky and it'll be cool to see Stratton do something like awesome jumping off a, a, a pod, uh, men's chamber, even more telegraphed than the women's. It's Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. None of the other guys even make the least amount of sense to be going up against Seth Rollins. So it's got to be Drew. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the big injury of this match is what's going to happen between L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, and Kevin Owens, right? Yeah. Like what direction they're going to go for the United States title. Um. It's got to be Drew. Drew's a character that, you know, they brought Randy back and he's gotten great reactions, but they really haven't, you know, babyface Orton, there's only so much you can do with him unless you have like, you know, a riddle or somebody like kind of an interesting foil. You know, he's just kind of like, you know, the guy that you cheer for. Um, so I, I think it's got to be Drew. What what is What does that mean then? Does that mean that the second night of Mania, it's just going to be Drew destroying Seth? After this, because we assume the first night of Mania is going to be headlined by that tag match, right? I hope not. Even though they haven't possible. announced the tag match, I don't they know haven't what announced. I, they haven't announced. They've been setting up the tag match this whole time, though. It's a tag. It's a tag. I don't know if it's main eventing, but it's a tag match. I would assume. Um, you know, it's also that one year where when people go, it it, but it should be the women's title match, which I would I wouldn't mind that. You, you can now play this card of uh, The Rock is on the board and moving everything around. He's a real motherfucker, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it is what it is. It's possible. But, uh, yeah, no, I think if if you do the tag match, it has to be Seth's not 100% and Drew just, like, picks the bones. Yeah. But If that's the only Rock match on the show, they're going to headline with it. There's no way they're not going to headline with it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're definitely getting because, you know, he's quote unquote Hollywood rock now, which we didn't even me and Dan talked about on the Patreon, but we didn't talk to you about Robert, um, that Hollywood rock promo from Friday. But um, so he's definitely going to send in a video because that's Hollywood rock. He'll be like on the set of a movie talking shit. And what I hope they do. I mean, maybe him and Roman filmed something together already, but I hope it's like this idea of they both send in things and it's very obvious that Roman is not getting invited to the places The Rock is at. And I think eventually after Mania, the feud, you know, when it's finally The Rock Roman, Roman needs to be like, you know, this whole acknowledge me thing. He needs to turn around and be like, it was because you never did. Like you raised my hand at the Royal Rumble. You were embarrassed because everybody booed and you fucking dipped. And all but this whole time I've just wanted you to acknowledge me. You know, and then the rock will go, acknowledge me. And we'll go, this is the best shit ever. I've I've seen that. I've seen people saying that. The Rock is really aligned with Cody all along, and he's going to turn. Oh, don't on do Roman. that! That's I ass. hate that, dude. Cody I... can't have people helping him. Exactly, like, like, he needs good guys helping him, not The Rock. That's some. That's some like Hulk Hogan thinking. Oh, I could save the day, and everybody would love that. No, we wouldn't. No, no, I would hate if it's like this was the plan all along. Although uh, Hogan coming out and hitting The Rock would uh, get a pop. 
Now that it, Scott may have just fixed the WrestleMania main event. If Hogan is the guy who saves Cody, I mean, what a what a redemption story like that would be like this guy that was persona non grata for WWE. And now he's back because who else do you have to pull a trigger oh, on? Well, Steve's here's, not going to work. He, too, man. Well, here's you know? what you don't know. You don't know, because here I mean, here's the thing. Like Rock is acting against the 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 corporate rules that have been set up by TKO, and there's only one man that can truly enforce the law, the Stone Cold Law, and that's ah, Steve Austin. That's true. I love it. I thought you were going to say Big Boss Man for a second, but he's dead. But he that, is, that is he the is thing dead. because, you know, one of the reasons that I was upset that Cody should have won last year um, was because there's that moment in the match where Sammy and Kevin Owens come out to assist him as well. And it's like this perfect moment of, of every story coming together. Well, in this one, are we going to get that? Like who's going when, when the guys, when the bloodline does try to interfere, who is going to help Cody this time? And you're right. It's like, do we elevate it? It, it still does kind of need to be Sammy and Owens, but then who, and that is when the glass shatters and we weep. (laughs) <laughs> that's why you, you're because you're already going to have Sammy's most likely going to face Gunther. Like that's, that's what I, I've been saying that for a long time. Sammy's promo on raw, I think telegraphed that pretty well. That'd be amazing. I would like that's that. a great match. So if Sammy's, you know, whatever he, he wins, but he's out and he's hurt and he's not going to be able to be there. You're probably going to get Owens, Logan Paul. So if Logan Paul knocks Owens out and Owens isn't there and Cody really is. LA night didn't happen. That happened already. No, we haven't seen that either. Then that's ha- that's the one we already the, saw Kevin Owens. Here's Logan. the shitty thing: there's only one real answer, and we're not going to get it. And it's Dustin. Mm. It's I, Dustin. I've thought about that. Like that would get a huge. If Dustin came out for the main event, that would get a huge pop. But that's not. I mean, Tony's not going to let that happen. Tony's not going to let that happen. WWE hasn't let them use the Sting footage, so I don't think there's any goodwill, you know, between these two companies right now. It's that. There, nor, nor should there be. Like, um, had DiBiase Jr. You're, you're there. You go. Yes, the reform uh, legacy. Orton's there. Is Sam yeah, still alive? He just just cuts a promo, but it's all about like how he doesn't understand how laundering money works, just so he doesn't have to go to jail. DBS Junior dressed in like nails his old costume. Yeah, <laughs> be perfect. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, we'll briefly do dynamite or dud here uh, for for this show. That like I think we're gonna care about it more than Tony is. Uh, we got Moxley and Claudio versus FTR in a uh, in a tag match that went to a time limit draw and a big brawl after, which would have been cool if you just had this match and you got this momentum and then you build to a pay-per-view match. But to me, it was weird because last week, Moxley just suddenly turned heel and choked out Dax, which made this like a personal war and not a professional respect. And we want to see who's the best. But I thought the match was really fun. Yeah, I thought this was the best part of Dynamite. This match. Yeah. I mean, people were people were have criticized it a little bit because of the time limit draw. But yeah. I mean, you need Dax to get Harper, to the pay per view. Dax for me, Dax for me is, you know, Seth for WWE, where it's like it's almost impossible for them to have a bad in ring match. Um, like I don't, I I can't think of one bad. I'm sure somebody can pull it up, like and be like, all right, well, this Dax Harwood match is really tough. But I mean, that guy is just such a great fucking wrestler. I think the only thing that's holding you know the sort of damocles above those guys is cash's 
Cash is going to trial for, you know, like uh, brandishing a firearm in a traffic dispute. And he may he may see some time from that. We'll, yeah. we get we'll to see, but that's not going away. Yeah, but that's uh, when you plug in uh, Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great fix. Uh, Orange. I, I like this match. This is for me. This was the highlight of of Dynamite. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great match. And one of the. One of the reasons I didn't like the draw is because it was like 825. And so I was kind of confused, like these are 20 minute time limits or, you know, but anyway, um, what I also like about it is AW was never doing draws forever, forever, forever. Uh, yeah. And then they were rarely doing them. And then they did it last week and now this week. And I, you know, there's this, they also just brought back the rankings and, and they're kind of telling this story of like a, we have a we have a top talent problem. Everybody is very good here, um, which I think it's because we might get a tag tournament um, when they relinquish yeah. the belts. Jeez. Yeah, I think Sting is going to win, dude. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, because I was going to say that when we get there. But Orange Cassidy took on uh, Mike Bennett. Uh, the Kingdom come out to attack, and then Jake Hager made the save because apparently I was playing an old SmackDown game where random guys just run in and the system makes no sense. But Jake Hager now uh, super hot babyface helping Orange Cassidy. Scott, was this explained somewhere like on a fucking like Instagram clip? I do not believe it was, and I did not like it. I think uh, this Roderick Strong, Orange Cassidy shit has been so bad. It has been the main focus of this like what is really the devil story ever since MJF has been gone. And so you've been focusing on Orange Cassidy, really, and not getting the job done. Oof. I, 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 yeah, I really dislike this. And again, I like all the talent and stuff, but boo, 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 boo. Keep, keep those boos coming because the nature boy, Ric Flair showed up. They made a big deal like this fancy car. It was just like a random SUV. And then Flair gets out and Flair's promo. Oh, we should was, talk about, they're trying to do WWE stuff with Ruby Soho going out with the uh, trying to ignore that Angelo but, Parker, Angelo Parker. They're, they like went on a date and they, I mean, maybe oh, dude, they've been doing that for months. On yeah, they're they're going to go on a date, but they, and then like Flair's car pulls up. So Flair comes out and basically said, I got brought back for Sting's last match. I've been disappointed in how little I've been used. Uh, I need to explore other options. And he goes to the young bucks locker room. I didn't think I could hate this young bucks sting Darby storyline anymore. And they found a way, Dan. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that this is the story there is kind of the one we just tell what we're afraid of the Rocks Cody storyline being, right? Is that like, we're going to see, um, we're going to see, you know, Ric Flair pretend to be in cahoots with the Young Bucks. And then he's just going to, he's going to, oh, I've been with Sting the whole time, but we've, we've seen Rick with Sting the whole time, right? So it's like, it's, it's, it's just a weird story to tell. Like Sting has been, I mean, Ric Flair has been nothing but this, you know, elder statesman babyface for Sting. The whole the whole run that he's had, and every once in a while we've seen him, like, chop powerhouse hobs or something. So now we're going to rush this, because the pay-per-view is in, like, two weeks, right? So next, we're going to, like... It's next weekend. Right, we're going to rush a flare heel turn just so we can get... I mean, I just don't see, you know, it, it, just, it, it just seems like they're throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall. The match kind of sells itself. I don't think you really need Rick there. You know, if you want, if you want to do something with Rick... 
I mean, right now I would do like, you know, remember how like WWE was using him with Carlito before Flair retired? Like, like give him to a guy who's not on the tippy top right now to try to give him something to do instead of, instead of a story that already sells itself. You know what it is? It's Tony is reverting to like 11 year old mode. And I'm sure we're going to get a Flair like babyface turn, but he wants Flair to get to cut one more promo on Sting next week. Like, that's all it is. He's like, you know, it'd be great if we could get one more Flair, you know, yelling at Sting, and this is the only way to do it. So we're living one guy's fan service, and we're just going to have to kind of grin and bear it. Uh, speaking of grinning and bearing it, Danny Garcia. Whoa, I thought you were on mute. Sorry, I thought you had okay, to step so, away. So, uh, one, uh, when, when Flair shows up, and he starts talking about how I feel like I've been misused uh-huh. during this. I came here to be a big part of, of Sting's final months here in AEW. I haven't been getting phone calls. I thought he was shooting. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Ric Flair was supposed to do some storyline stuff. Because this is how Ric Flair talks on Twitter and shit. Yes. He says yeah. these things all He's the time. Eeyore. Yes. He always says stuff like this. Uh as he was saying it, and I knew he was going to the Bucks office, it worked for me. Here's why. The story of Ric Flair and Sting is when Sting thinks Ric Flair is his friend, Sting has a major match, and Ric Flair tries to help Sting, but then screws Sting. He's a heel. So this isn't Ric Flair's going to help Sting. This is they planted the seed. So that when Ric Flair comes out and does turn on Sting, I don't even think we we might get a moment with Ric Flair next week, but we're not going to get Ric Flair really until the pay-per-view, which is him trying to turn on Sting and Sting finally not letting it happen because it's always happened. Sting's not going to let Ric Flair screw him. The match will continue for another awesome 15 minutes uh, and then, and then Sting, I think, I think, I think that the, the match should be 15 minutes. <laughs> no, it know? should be 17. I think we'll get a 17. <laughs> yeah. 17. I'm okay with four and yeah. a half at best. Uh, there's Danny Garcia promo. I guess Adam Copeland is now hurt. So we're getting Danny Garcia versus Christian cage at the pay-per-view. Uh, Christian came out and said, your dad is dead. And he was an alcoholic. Okay, this is my favorite part. And Christian never, every time Christian cuts a dead dad promo, I immediately stop what I'm doing and I focus all attention on him. I don't know. Rachel walked in. She's like, he sounds like AI. Like he doesn't even sound like a person talking. <laughs> uh, it took a while to get to the dead dad thing, but we're getting Danny Garcia and Christian. Uh, there were two women's matches. Tony Storm took on Sydney Winnell. Uh, in a pretty quick squash. Then Deanna Peraza took on Madison Rain. Uh, looks like Madison got hurt pretty bad when she got dropped on her head at one point. That was uh, a rough match, it man. Was, those, yeah, if these two matches made you excited to see Tony Storm, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, you should be drug tested. But though they were on TV. They weren't at 9.30. It's the nicest thing I could say. Uh, there's a Darby video, because they don't trust Darby with a live microphone anymore. Uh, where he's showing a, a photograph of Sting with his kids, and you finally got the emotional promo you didn't get last week of Sting being like, you attacked my kids. No one's ever laid their hands on my family before. Also, my dad died, so I'm going to go beat the fuck out of you, Young Bucks. And I'm like, that's all I need. Scott? Uh, yeah, so 
I what I saw on, on, on this show was the best Daniel Garcia promo I've ever seen and the best Sting promo I've ever seen. I thought those two promos were the best promos I've ever seen each guy do. Uh, yeah, both were awesome. Dan, and the crowd was like drunk all night, man. This crowd was wild. I don't know if you had the volume up, but this yeah. crowd was into everything. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. It's funny because, you know, my wife was in the room and she's like, who's that guy? Which is just it's just so funny to watch wrestling with like people who don't like wrestling because it's like all these all these things that you revere. Yep. You're like, oh, like normal people still think this is lame. Oh, when when Rachel was shitting on the Christian promo, I'm like, really? And she's like, he, like he's, he doesn't sound like a person. He sounds like a robot. This is kind of boring. Like, oh, I get it. Your dad's dead. Whatever. Um that's the best. I mean, Christian's whole gimmick of like making fun of dead fathers is just the funniest thing in the world. And the fact that he's got like he's over with dead dads is is just so funny to me. Wardlow cut in my opinion the best promo he's ever cut by far. This is the Wardlow we've been bitching and moaning about saying we want to see no kingdom, no goofy bullshit. He went out there and laid out in storyline, a roadmap for why he should be world champion in the, you had me fight CM Punk, I beat CM Punk. You had me fight MJF, I beat MJF. You had me fight Samoa Joe, I beat Samoa Joe. You're feeding me fucking nobodies. Let me fight the world champion. I'll be your world champion. Fuck y'all, bye. Yeah, I don't, I guess I don't see a, what everyone else sees in Warlow. I just thought. Really? You know, I thought he'd yeah, be like, you You know, everyone guy. was talking about how great this promo is, and I just thought it was. I just think he's kind of boring, man. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if they're going to put him in the main event now that Hangman is hurt. Um, what's going to happen there? But no, nah. uh, I'm not sure. Probably not. I I do. I I will agree that you know it's good that you know they didn't have the kingdom out there. I mean, I I I think the kingdom storyline is bad enough that you could take Adam Cole off TV for a couple months. And we just break them up and nobody talks about it. Like, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's over. I think this Wardlow promo like signified a direction yeah. of, hey, this isn't working. Uh, go out there, you know? And right. shit, did he go out there? Because like, yeah, like Robert said, like I saw the three best promos from three different guys tonight uh, of their careers. Yeah. I mean, would you agree, Scott, that at this point you shouldn't even end the Kingdom storyline? You should just kind of pretend like it didn't happen um no like, it should be the, the the real problem is adam cole is like you know he's this ringleader where you're going okay so he's gonna eventually be their world champion but he's like pale and in a wheelchair yeah you need to have like you need to really rush this wardlow thing where he's like hey wardlow you've been frowning behind me like i'm really trying to get this thing going and wardlow needs to just shove his wheelchair down steps and we're yeah. we're going it's this yeah is but then over. he's a baby face well, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, they need more baby faces, man. Well, yeah, uh, maybe he's a baby face. Let him talk that shit. Main event was Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Brian Cage against Hangman Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. Uh, two stories coming out of this one here. First, Van Dam is the one who loses to help further that Hangman's going to be a heel and and be angry at him. Second, Hangman apparently broke his ankle. Uh, we don't we haven't we don't have confirmation of exactly what it is. He severely hurt his ankle. Meltzer is suggesting a break, so he most likely will not be in the triple threat match uh, coming up next Sunday. So worst case scenario all around, guys. 
I don't. I mean, look, worst case because a man is hurt and getting hurt sucks. Because yeah, right? he's hurt and he's your main event. Yeah, I mean, you can still do Swerve and Joe, and now it's full on babyface Swerve against Joe. Oh yeah, I mean, and and one Meltzer has been getting worked like wild lately. I I don't know what's going on where everybody has been like, put up the guard, fuck this guy. Uh, so do I think his ankle is broken? Probably not. You you have an opportunity because of of the hangman losing his mind and going so far to to make sure Swerve isn't in the main event that he's gone so far now he doesn't get to be in the main event. So what I would do is if he's good enough to walk out there, you have him be in that triple threat and he walks out there and he can't do it. And he's fumbling and fucking up and Joe and Swerve are fighting or he gets out quickly. But it's all of this stubbornness is like, quote unquote, furthering the injury and storyline because he needs to make sure Swerve doesn't win. Isn't that a babyface thing, though, like to work on a broken leg? No, he's being a maniac, though. He's being a stubborn maniac. Mm-hmm. He, he's just trying to to blow it for just the same way he was like yelling, you know, there's a way to 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 um, be stubborn in work where it's like, dude, you're being irrational and ruining everything for everyone. Right. Yeah. And and just like um, just like he was yelling at RVD and Rob Van Dam the whole match, which was awesome. Now it's you guys blew that you you guys also blew the championship for me. Not only did Swerve. Samoa Joe blow the championship for me because I hurt my leg in this match. Now he's going to murder Rob Van Dam and he's going to mangle Hook. And when he mangles Hook, you have this storyline of, hey, this is, you know, that's someone's kid. Just like Swerve hovered over someone's kid. Now you're mangling someone's kid in front of him while he does commentary. And now we've gone full circle and AEW has a hot, hot storyline. So, you know, this worst case scenario is it's just the story. Like, yeah, it sucks because the guy doesn't get to be in the match. But at the end of the day, Swerve was winning that match anyway. And the way Swerve was going to win that match was Hangman was going to go too far and blow it for himself. Well, guess what? He went too far and broke his ankle now. Very possible. Um, So whether they're working us or not, it's the best storyline. Well, speaking of the best, let's go to high spot, low spot here. Uh, Scott, what's your high spot, low spot of the week? Oh, my high spot is uh, Michael Oku fought Will Ospreay in a match in Rev Pro. Holy and shit! Yeah, dude, I haven't seen that. I saw some clips of that. On, yeah, I'll send on... you the link, Dan. Oh, it was so hard to find. I, I finally watched it yesterday. I gotta uh, like watch it. There's one move they did that was like I don't know how the fuck they did it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. When when Osprey was about to do the pile driver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like that was a tribute to I guess some young UK wrestler who that was his finisher and he passed away this year or something. You uh, know? Well, whatever it was, it was a cool spot. But but yeah, really cool spot. But th- that is my high spot. Awesome match. And then also they showed a clips of Rev Rev Pro this week because Orange Cassidy was on that show, which I think is cool. And Osprey is, is showing up next week, which I hope uh, I hope they don't do Don Callis not getting him at the airport. I hope they have Don Callis get him at the airport and Osprey is like, you know, carrying gear and it's annoying. But I hope they don't do the CM Punk all in thing with Will Osprey as he enters the company with Callis. But that's what's my your, high spot. What's your low spot? Osprey match. Osprey. Um, who? Oh, I did have a low spot. Hold on. Let's see. I wrote it down, actually. Um, it's like a simple low spot. Where is my low spot, bro? Well, you're looking oh, for Kyle Fletcher is hurt. Did you guys know that? Shit. No, I didn't. Yeah, he's hurt. And so he can't be wrestling right now. That sucks. Dan, what's yeah. your high spot, low spot? 
Yeah, as far as high spot, uh, you know, we live in a time now uh, where you can just go on YouTube and watch these classic AWA matches. So if you've never seen like Masawa matches, um, like I think in or Kabashi matches, I think in ring, there really is nothing better than AWA late 90s, early 2000s or even mid 90s. Like the stuff that they were doing was just this this strong style breakneck pace i mean it's it's more brutal than some new japan matches so like that's my high spot is that we kind of like live in this time where you can you know for the you know like when we were growing up uh especially me and robert we would you would have to like send away to get like the japanese death matches you know tape trading stuff the tape trading stuff and now like we're we're living in a situation where you know, you can you can see a lot of it. Like Scott's going to send me a link to this Michael Oku match, which I hear is fantastic. Um, and you can mute these matches. Like I love Japanese commentary. Obviously, I don't understand what they're saying, but the passion is just fun. But you can mute the commentary, open up another YouTube page on your laptop, and and play uh, any music you want while these guys are beating each other to death. You can play Mozart. You can play Led Zeppelin. You can play a podcast of these guys talking about the match. You can you know? very much so do that. Dan, what's your low spot? Our, my, me and Scott's high spot was fun with the internet. Uh, yeah. Low, low you spot. Got, I mean, you guys I heard of the internet? That was literally I, both your eyes. <laughs> uh, low spot. I mean, I can't, you know, you can't bring up, you know, new ring boy allegations and not make that a low spot, right? I mean. Watch me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say that that's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it and, and I, I guess the the silver lining is that like you know we talk about like you know Meltzer has kind of been missing every big story, but actually Ban, Ban, Banfield, I guess that that's the she's been really on all this WWE stuff, and she's she's done some really great reporting. Um, because I guess nobody trusts Dave anymore, so they're going to like a real news person. But um, yeah, I would I, I would say I mean low spot, you know, if any of this Ring Boy stuff is fucking true. I mean, I mean that's lower than low, you know. My uh my my high spot actually just happened a couple hours ago. Uh because I saw this clip and it was absolutely fantastic. Uh Austin Theory is over in Perth, and I guess he got into an argument with the West Australia editor in chief because this guy again, someone just decided to be like, Well, isn't this shit all fake? And theory kind of just went off on him in kind of little Dr. D. David Schultz style. Not a, uh, does not, it does not feel real. I mean, it does not feel staged because the way it's shot, like this is like someone was just like filming this while they're screaming at each other. It's not like a professional camera. Um, and theory gets really hot. He he comes across uh, really earnest in what he does there. It's cool to see guys that that stick up for the business like that and, and genuinely care about it, especially the young guys. We've seen it with, uh, with theory, uh, my low spot. This is this is kind of a, a, a slight low spot, but just more of this is the world we live in. On the have you heard of the internet? Uh, Chris Van Vliet had O'Shea Jackson Jr. on, and uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Ice Cube's son. He was in Straight Outta Compton. He was in uh, the the Andor, the the Star Wars show. Uh, great guy, known him for a while. He. Um, was talking about his fandom. And it's always cool when you have an actor, celebrity, you know, famous person who's like, not just like a casual fan, but like hardcore can sit and go back and forth and talk to you about it. And in the show, he 
was critical of AEW in the same way we've been critical of you just put guys out there and you don't tell me who they are and give me their backstory. I want to care about who these folks are. Like in UFC, when they put a guy out there, they give you a backstory and you pick who you want to root for. I wish AEW would do that more. And the internet came after him with like pitchforks of like, how dare you? Fuck you. And then Tony Khan, who can't help himself, decided <laughs> to interject into this and and say like, hey, there's other stuff out there. You should watch more wrestling. It's great. You'll enjoy it. And use another fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm clip. Stop weaponizing Larry David. He's our guy. All right, fucker. <laughs> uh, but like, let the 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 actor whose dad is one of the all time like greats in music uh, have his opinion. I don't know if Ice Cube is the all time great. One of the all time greats in his in his realm. No, he's not even close to the top fucking. Dude, this dude oh, wasn't this... giving Usher any love. I wasn't giving... the other week, yeah, and, and then I watched called... the halftime show, and, and you know and what? Now, I and now he knows right. Ice Cube sitting front row at WrestleMania this year. I would love a podcast where Robert just talks about the greats of rapping. I, you know what? <laughs> just, Ro- hip hop R and B with Robert. As Carbore. soon as as soon as we're done, I'm reaching out to Wale. I'm making this happen. It's going to be me and Wale talking the greats of hip hop. It'll be you're the, the, you're the record producer that screws them with the first contract. Yes, I'm. My dream in life in the is biopic. to be. My dream is to be Hesh from The Sopranos. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the money right there. Uh, speaking of money, Dan, do you have any plugs? Oh, hey, um, I'm actually going to talk about it. On, I'm going to send something separate. To, uh, we're going to record something at the very end where I'm just going to plug the show. But yeah, see me at Dallas uh, Comedy Club. Next Friday and Saturday night, I'm going to be headlining March 1st and 2nd. Um, it's a Some new of club. our uh, Forbidden Dorks on the Facebook page have said they're coming to this show. Yeah, so. please buy tickets. I want to, you know, I want to sell them out. And uh, I'm going to be doing, you know, a, a good chunk of new. So uh, please, please uh, check it out. And, and more importantly, my special comes out on March 12th, Dance Fatty Dance. It'll be free. Um, <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah, it's dance fatty, yeah. <laughs> I have a, a I have a number I want to get to, so hopefully we can get there. Um, Scott opened; he did a great job. Yeah, check uh, check check out all things Dance Nature Main Stand Up. Thank you, Scott. I got another podcast out for smokes. Check that out and check this out. Oh, also, if you're in Connecticut, I forget where. But I'm opening for Anthony DeVito uh, this Saturday in in northern western Connecticut, if that's even a thing. Gotta be. It's yeah, there western. there are directions. Yes, northeast, right. south, and west. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, we will be back with our our Patreon this weekend. There's uh, Rampage seems oddly stacked, so we may touch on Rampage, Collision, SmackDown, all kinds of uh, of good stuff there. We will not be watching another episode of that Bianca Belair reality show because we value our lives uh you can follow me on twitter at ww creative underscore ish i have another show every day at noon eastern called rumor and innuendo with my co-host dominic d'angelo uh you can get that wherever you listen to podcasts or on video feeds uh but until then scott what do you want to say to the fine folks wash your hands wash your hands thanks guys